What Happened to Your Accent is brought to you by Fetworld, the Caribbean Podcast Network. Hey, hey, you lost your accent or what happened to you? What happened to your accent? 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 What happened to your Inside, 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 huh? where you're there, inside, 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 inside. Hey, welcome back. We are here. Another episode of What Happened to Your Accent, yes. COVID-19 Quarantine Edition. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yo, Mansa, how are you? Like, right now, we are, you know, in the virtual studio. Uh, we're making use of all of the technology and the tools that we have at our fingertips. I I don't know about you, but I'm completely Zoomed out. Yes, Zoom has been, uh, has taken a big jump in their sales ever since COVID-19 pandemic has hit us. And um, <laughs> yes, my job requires me. I'm, uh, luckily, I'm fortunate enough to be able to work from home. A lot of the things that I can do for my job uh, can be done electronically and virtually. So I've um, been fortunate to be doing that. But that means that I'm on millions and millions of meetings 24-7 <laughs> utilizing Zoom. That makes the two of us. Um, I'm in the same boat as you where I'm blessed and thankful that I am able to telecommute. I've always had that capacity. And while um, certain aspects of my day-to-day full-time employment, you know, you know, have been impacted by everything because everything is shut down, closed off. You know, you can't, no, no face-to-face, nothing. Um, mm-hmm. There is still a large component of my work that is done or can be completed uh, through the use of technology. So I am too, uh, beyond grateful. Uh, however, the side effect is that how do I call out when I need a day off? I can't, <laughs> I can't call out. <laughs> I know, I know. And I got to shout out, you know, I'm out here in, in, in Brooklyn and, um, you know, our Caribbean people out here are still surviving and striving. Yeah. So big shout out to the Caribbean family. Yes. I'm hoping everyone's family is staying safe and strong and vigilant throughout this COVID pandemic. I have experienced some some personal losses from family, friends. Luckily, no one directly in my family has passed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But I do know other people that we're close. We consider family as family friends um, right. have passed. So I, I, I want to just say this has been impactful, especially for folks here in the New York City and New York State. Um, we are in the epicenter of this pandemic right now. Yeah. New York is on center stage. Um, similar to you, it's I kind of feel like I'm in a, a bubble where... Uh, it's it's like two degrees of separation between myself and COVID. And, you know, while, you know, uh, without being insensitive to others who are experiencing immediate loss uh, with family and friends, for me, my experience has been myself 
people I know and then people that they know who are close to them there, you know, whether it be a coworker or an in-law or, you know, a grandparent. And it's just, so, you know, a lot of what I'm feeling is sympathy and empathy for, you know, extended individuals in my circle. Um, and, and, you know, fortunately, and again, I say this without, um, with, I don't want to be insensitive to those who are losing people close to them, but I, you know, I still have to acknowledge my gratitude that, um, I haven't lost anyone close to me. And as every day goes by, it's like that risk increases. And yeah. right at, we're at the week where this is a very pivotal week for us, where we're moving into the week where they're expecting to see this thing peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have mixed emotions about that while it's like, okay, it's going to peak and there we're going to experience a higher rate of death and loss still, you know, after it hits its peak, then we can prayerfully start to see the decline and the flattening of this thing. And not even for the reasons of, well, I just want to get outside. It's not even about me. It's about, okay, can we start to stabilize? Can we, you know, um, start to see a decline in the number of deaths and an incline in the number of recoveries. Can uh, our first, our frontline workers start to see some reprieve, you know, can we start to see some, some sense of return to not even normalcy, but just like a a cease to this, you know, on, 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 it's like code red Mm -hmm. at this point. And you just want to get down to orange Mm -hmm. for a little bit. And, you know, just to say this, a lot of our Caribbean folks are in, you know, on the front lines. Yeah. We do know that a lot of Caribbean um, folks are employed in the medical field. Um, and we have from doctors to nurses, um, you know, to there. We know a lot of our Caribbean folks are out there. They're also direct care workers, CNAs, all these other folks that are out there in the field doing this work. So our people are intimately impacted by this. Yeah. And whether they're here um, in New York or home abroad, it has, COVID has definitely changed um, the scope of things uh, drastically. And, uh, you know, I am doing, and personally, you know, this quarantine has allowed me time to reflect on a couple of big, serious, like philosophical considerations around society, which mm-hmm. It just make you start to really wonder what the hell is going on with government and you know how do we better protect ourselves from something like this especially when you have the foolish man in an office doing the craziest things and has been oh. responsible for these debts um, that we see here you know right. when people are playing politics over people and where's where were we at in this societal um, contract? I, I your support government is supposed to be there to help support and protect. And in what we have seen here in the U.S. have been politicians who have prioritized themselves and their pockets before the people. Yep. And it's sickening. It is sickening um, to have to to think about this and to you know we and we we're not even in a space right now to even you know. I think hold people fully responsible for those things, but when's the dust clears, when this all settles, some people have to be held account, held some, to account. Some, all of them. Jesus, we mean some, all of them. Everybody who has a, a controlling hand, so to speak, um, 
you know, it, on the government level, everyone has to be held accountable. Yes. Everyone. Um, yes. So that <laughs> being being held accountable, uh, first and foremost, going circling back to our uh, season two, episode one, I want an apology. <laughs> I want a formal apology. However, okay, so that was a joke. Um, there, there is no apology to be had, um, only solutions on how we're going to move forward. I would say yes. that in, in the center of this uh, pandemic, it has exposed a lot, which is, yes, it's hurtful and um, it's scary. However, the benefits, right? Because um, I'm a person, personally, my personal philosophy is, okay, why is this happening for us? I like to look at adverse situations as an opportunity. There's something in here for me, right? And so now we've, we, we always knew the government was corrupt and the system was corrupt, but now it's been exposed for all. Them get catch out that door with no draws, right? So how do we then remedy the flaws? How do we build a more sustainable, a more humane, con a consciously humane uh, way of living? Because yeah. what was normal was not sustainable. What was normal um, was not healthy. What was normal was quite frankly fucked up. So moving forward, how do we consider all of the lessons that we're learning in the midst of this pandemic. Are people even learning the lessons? Are people paying attention? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, One thing I, I want to add to that, is I want to quickly interject to say, when you say lessons learned, what, I think one of the biggest lessons I realize is that some people are hard-headed. Let me is hard. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I recognize, I go outside for go pick up some essential groceries, you know, Talk about say the fridge look empty mm. and things start feel like say oh we need to make a run. All right. So you glove up, mask up, mm -hmm. and jump outside and jump in a car and start move off. When I'm driving down the street, it looked like a nice hot summer day, you know. What do you mean? People walking outside in Crown Heights or New Utica Avenue, like said nothing go on. People outside say I play basketball. You and are I'm kidding me. To myself, Basketball. I'm saying full on, full court. You know, not no regular. Just yes, you're <laughs> one on one or shooting around. I'm talking about full. So it also taught me that even in the midst of a crisis like this, that people hard headed hmm. and for you know just did not listen. There are folks out here that just don't seem to care. Remember what your mother um, tell you. Remember what your mother grow you and tell right. you say, if you can't hear, you must what? Yeah. Your ass must feel. And people and are gonna feel it. And trust me, enough people already are feeling it. True, true. I, I have, you know, even have people in my life who are telling me, say, they might find secret places for God. Um, to them kneel. I may say, yo, you know, you're putting people at risk. You know, you can't just hold off on a little things in your life that you need for now and, and hold on to things that really matter. So you mean to tell me, say you can risk everything just so you can look, your nails can look pretty. We well, have to do better than that. There's a deeper lesson. I think there are several lessons being learned, not only, or exposed rather, not only on a macro level, but as you like to say, a micro level as well, sure. right? People's mm -hmm. vanity. Because remember, say, your, your nails, them, I forget, done every two weeks, because them start grow out, goody. Remember, say, one month's time, 
perm have to set in, uh, hair have to do, wig have to install. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so it's being able to live with yourself at your purest form, right? Yes. At your most natural form. I know a lot of concern. How am I going to get my nails done? How am I going to get my hair done? That was that was big at the beginning of this quarantine. So now we're two going on, what, three, three weeks in? We're, mm-hmm. no, right? Yeah, yeah, three. We're, we just made three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going into our fourth week and, you know, you're seeing a lot of people disrobe. Enough people don't recognize them yet, no, you know. Enough yeah. people don't know what they look like. They look nightmare and I can't believe that is. Yeah. <laughs> no, real talk, real talk. It's taking a toll. Uh, first of all, I, I, two relationships, now that you mentioned that, are have been apparently, well, have been impacted by COVID-19. One, familial relationships. Yeah. How you're connecting with your parents and your, 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 your siblings and uncles and aunts. So there's been a rise, of course, in contact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm checking in with my parents daily to just make sure so they're all right and if I ever miss a day, it's worries and problems. And oh my gosh, you, if I could be dead in a house and we'd never know oh them kind of kind of talk yeah, I get. No. Yeah. Um, so it's important to, you know, I've been checking in with them, my other family. And I've been, of course, utilizing the Zoom for doing video conferencing. It has been helpful um, to say the least. And then also, I know a lot of relationships have been taking hits. And, um, you know, as you said, sometimes it might help your relationship and other times it might hurt relationships, especially if you're living um, with a partner um, yeah. or you're married and things like that and you live in the same home. And no, you're, slight, you're starting to spend a significant amount of time with a person. And that actually sometimes people don't realize <laughs> those implications. I read an article the other day that said divorce lawyers are getting calls yeah. on a frequent basis. Let me tell you, right enough, enough people... I learn who them really there with, you know. They really I learn who them I live with, that who them are without the link with. Things for look pretty and all of You have to deal with the ugliness of the situation. I'm telling you, boy, me never know say she couldn't cook, you know. Me didn't think that good ass could have cook and she can't cook. I know that things they are going now, you know. Yo, quarantine boy, testing relationships now. Yeah. You never know like say, yo, know, people feel a quarantine, no. Like if, if you're doing a relationship and you say, all right, well, I'm moving together. All right, like, well, you know what? Let's do a practice run. Practice. I'm going to set up a shop. Yeah, do a practice run. We have quarantine tests, right? If you can survive about three weeks with a person, they're not going to wear or not just stay with each other. Turn off the Wi-Fi for about a couple of hours. Let them see mm-hmm. how to deal with each other. If you can survive that, then say, all right, moving, I get married because... You know, those are some true tests of relationships. Some real hardcore things. So I have a question for you. They didn't miss them side piece. No. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) No, I know a whole outside family at work, you know, a whole outside Mm -hmm. things going on. How them sustaining. <laughs> Man, the bathroom at the video conference by the toilet. Yo. Shh, not talk too no. much. I hear you know. Echo. Oh, Yo. <laughs> Everything mash up for real now. Everything mash up. But right. what I want to know, um, so what are some of the things that you're doing uh, to cope as you know, as you're in quarantine as I, as am I? What are some things that you're dealing with personally? Um, I'm of course eating. 
Yo. Um, yes, yes. I have not been sticking to a proper diet. Um, I have not been working out as much as I used to before. You know, I was doing four, five days a week. Now mm-hmm. I'm down to probably one or two if that. Um, but the gym's being closed. And, I, you know, I can do my, no, I can do my push-ups and my sit-ups and all them things. And I should be more um, disciplined with that. But, you know, it's just really been tough. I, and I I can't explain. I think part of it is stress, right? Because I'm dealing with this hypochondria. I'm a little hypochondriac myself, so sometimes really? me me I, I breathe heavy. Me feel like say wait something something my guan. Talk to us, so, man. So man's a hypochondriac. <laughs> yeah, man. I drink bush tea and try get honey and onion and garlic and them things and try. So I, I, part of it is dealing with this anxiety around whether or not you have it or you're experiencing symptoms. Right. So it's making me feel like I don't want, I want to rest more. Right. Um, versus trying to get up and going out and working out that, you know, cause I want to put my body on unnecessary stress mm-hmm. in case I feel like something happens and then my lungs like, so I don't, you know, those are some of the things I, I think that's all those sort of mental blocks that I'm having. Um, and it's creating anxiety and leading me to do more eating at home and, uh, and just lounging around, um, I've tried to be more productive with like doing work, mm-hmm. of course, for other projects, but nine out of 10 times I find I'm working on my stuff for work and I end up do- working longer hours. So I'm thinking, you know, before right. I would take the train to work and I have a set to situation thing set up perfectly in terms of a schedule, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to get up probably around nine, 10 o'clock, get on the computer. And sometimes I don't want to work till 7 p.m., 8 p.m. at night. So, I, like you, have been experiencing um, some of the same things as well. So <clears throat> some things that I have put in place, I do check on my parentals. My father, not so much. He's retired. He's good. He has no desire to, like, go outside at all. And he's dealing with it relatively well because he's a traveler. He loves to travel. But as soon as this thing came down, even before the mandatory um, – uh, quarantines like stay in play, stay at home. He was just like, uh, I'm not going nowhere. I'm gonna stay in here. I'm gonna watch my African studies videos and read my books. I'm good. So I was like, all right, Dad. Okay. So Mama Jerk Sauce, she has transitioned from working into the working in her office to working virtually. This is a brand new experience for her, and. She actually apologized to me. So shout out to you, Mama Jerk Sauce, for having a realization moment. She said, you know, I apologize to you, Jerk Sauce, because, and no, she does not call me Jerk Sauce, but I don't want to reveal any uh, personal private yeah, names here. Yeah, personal names, <laughs> private family names. So. Exactly. So yeah. she she um, apologized to me. She said, you know, all these years when you would tell me that you were working from home. I thought that you were joking. I thought that you were lollygagging. I've come to learn that I actually, you actually work harder when you work from home because that clear line of delineation where it's time to go home is not there. So by the time you turn around, it's 6.30, it's seven o'clock, you're still on the computer, you're still tapped into whatever you were involved in with your work emails. And there's nothing breaking you from che- stop checking the email or signing off. It's like you're always logged in. And when you get a call, you have to take it 
when yeah. you get an email. It's like, and it's also this extra layer of like, I want to make sure it appears that I'm doing my job and I'm busy. Yeah. So like emails, you can necessarily use to hold off on. You don't hold off on it. No. Responses to certain things, you feel like, say, so you have to respond right away. Because if you didn't, if you don't, it feel like says somebody you might be taking. So you don't want that very feeling as if you're at home kind of goofing off to be there. So you, you're, you're, you're working a little harder. Mm-hmm. So it's proof. You have to prove. Proof. I'm here. Exactly. And I'm, I'm here. Present. I'm present. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm paying attention. Right. But, you know, for me, a lot of the, my anxiety, especially around the first week was, oh my God. Okay. So I'm used to working from home. So I was fine with that. Like I had a schedule, I have a designated workspace and I was fine when it, you know, but it was more of you have more time now. So after work, all of the traveling that you usually do up and down here and there to, for different projects and different activities, you don't have it. So now is a good opportunity for you to get all the other things done, right? All the other things on your to-do list, all of the classes you wanted to take, all of the books you wanted to read, all of the things, right? And so I was literally putting this undue pressure and anxiety on myself to do like a million things. And if I only got two done, I would feel so defeated. If I felt tired, I would guilt myself. Like, why are you feeling tired? You're in the house. You're not doing a quarter of what you usually do on a normal day. Like what's going on? And I, I just, I had enough this past Friday. I remember I checked in with you and I was like, tap me out. Like I need to get off of this computer. I need to lay down. I need to sleep. Um, my sleep pattern's off. I'm up oh, till one, oh three God. in the morning. Me, Wait. oh man, I am, I am like a night stalker right now. <laughs> Four, five, and I'm watching the sunrise and shit. I'm feeling like Blade. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm on vampire hours for real. Like doing the things you've never done before. I'm, I'm, I'm literally pulled out my old Nintendo 64 for all my. I can't. Um, I can't do. Yeah, old school folks. I pulled it out and have been playing that. Um, and I know this is like you said, I felt like that undue pressure too, which was I need to read books that I couldn't catch up on. Like there are projects I need to be working on now. I'm like, now I got the time. But there's something about the house. Yeah. That it, when you're not in, it, it is supposed to be home for a reason. Mm. And unless you have like a steady office or have been able to organize yourself in such a way, you're starting to realize that, you know, just because you're at home doesn't mean that you're supposed to be doing all these things. Yeah. It, 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 just... it, it, it's, it is this great, great, wonderful opportunity. But I feel like, you know, when you're in a different space and setting, there are different expectations. And I feel like you've been so used to being home to sleep and relax yourself. And yeah. so to come into, into your house now and transform it into this place of productivity, mm-hmm. it's a little jarring, I think, for the psyche to now take your home where you sleep, where you eat, where you watch TV, and where you relax and get yourself mentally prepared for the next day. You know, to unless you've been doing like this kind of stuff in the house all the time, mm-hmm. it's very hard to make that transition. So I don't, I, you know, I want to, I had to do that. I had to forgive myself because I felt the same way. Like, where do? Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? 
You have more time now that you ever had. Why are you wasting time watching silly YouTube videos? Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching fight videos till like three, four in the morning, or you know, watching people just do foolishness on the on YouTube. My guilty pleasure has been Instagram um, with the uh, the don't rush chat, all the challenges. I've yeah. been in more challenges. <laughs> I guess a challenge to stay out of a damn challenge. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the stop doing challenge challenge. I'm about to do that. <laughs> honestly, honestly, February just thought we're going we go to have to just do something like that. We just look, 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 look here's our new challenge stop challenge. Stop doing challenges, challenge. Who's week up? one, people is drunk. Week two, everybody are dance. Week three, right. everybody are just up. Parties. Yeah, flip the switches came on. All types of TikTok is, it took off. Yo, and the TikTok, Chinese people I'm still to collecting our data. Buy some stock. Yeah, well, you can buy stock and make sure so you can buy information because China use it to collect information. Hello, Mr. Me download the little TikTok after me give you now and download it. As soon as Mr. the little pizza, I have to come delete. Bloop, bloop. Yeah, because, yo, know, and so that's also another impact from this COVID thing. It's social media engagement has yep. gotten to an all time high. Um, so, and these challenges have been so, and, and I, to say the, not to say least, I think the Caribbean people have been very creative. I like the fact that we had a lot of our, um, artists doing concerts and yes. trying to, that was very nice for a lot of people, um, our artists out there doing some really good concerts and helping to keep the people's spirits yeah. up. Um, yeah. carnivals have been canceled. You, tune in oh, to that talk. For for Fet more talk, conversation yeah. about that, tune into our uh, our sister show, Fat Talk. Um, yeah, man, yeah. that's gonna be a big conversation on the next Fat Talk episode. So, you know, a lot of things have been impacted by this COVID, and I and I, I know I'm hoping that people we're sharing our experiences, how we're dealing. You know, over the next couple of weeks, we're we're, we're continuing to try to do the same thing. I'm gonna try to increase more workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I have made some, you know, um, great family ties and reconnections with people so i'm, I'm thankful you. for that right yeah you know something you can you, you say you're checking through your phone so you know i'm never talked to this person not quite sometimes so i have a check no see what i'm doing i have a hit list so every day i pick someone new that i still care about and have relationships with and check in on them um i don't want to in, in inundate them or if i wake up that morning and i'm led to you know contact a person yeah, yeah, most of the times I, I'm spirit led by certain things. Um, so yeah. if I wake up with someone on my spirit, I reach out to them and, and yeah. just check yeah. in like, yeah, like, are you good? Do you need something? Or if I'm going somewhere and I know someone particularly can't uh, go or, you know, I'll just check in. Hey, I'm running. I'm making a like, yo, I never thought going to the store would be such an emotional thing like I started I went to the target last week and I started crying when I got home like I was just so over it and I know that's just such a small that's not even like the full picture thank god I haven't had to go by a hospital or see like a makeshift hospital tent like I'm not like seeing those visuals unless I choose to you know because I'm not a frontline essential worker but right you know, just by seeing empty shelves and seeing limited um, workers in those spaces and the lines on yeah. the ground, like mm. my heart, like I just, I, I got home and I was like, nah, nah. It was heavy. Yeah. Nah. 
it was heavy. I think a lot of people, the simplest things now have we we that we took uh for granted. That's mm-hmm. Um that that's an experience. So even walking through the store feeling vulnerable, mm-hmm. just feeling at risk. Every time you walk out your door, you're feeling I'm putting my life at risk. You can't even tell people you're not feeling so good anymore oh. or sneeze or cough. Like cough what if you're boy? legitimately having because I usually experience allergies around this time. It's spring. So God forbid I cough or God forbid I'm not feeling so great because of something else. People are not taking the time to distinguish now symptoms. They're just in panic. Like, oh my God, hold on. Take a, can you take a deep breath? Do you have a fever? You see what I'm saying? Like it's it's (laughs) where it's gotten to. We've, this shows how flimsy, our society is. Um, I think we need, people need to understand that when resources are limited, mm-hmm. when something breaks down in the system, things can return back to a very cold, dark Primitive. age very quickly. Yeah. So um, policies are important to talk about. Empath- like we talked about it today um, about having a spirit of empathy. Yeah. But that spirit of empathy needs to be seen in the way we do our policies. Mm. Um, because what we've noticed here in this country um, and the way they've responded to this crisis is that it's not been one of empathy. It's been one of greed yep. and selfishness. So our policies and our leaders need to get on board with knowing that the only way we survive big, you know, crazy pandemics and problems like these is to ensure that people, everyone is going to be impacted we need to protect them. We need to protect the people there. Them first. Everything else after. You're yeah. worried about getting us back to work. Getting us back to work for what? For what? Exactly. Man wanted us to go back to work during our, by Easter. If half of your workforce is dead, will we? Will if we, half of your workforce is dead, what kind of work is going to? Yeah, the foolishness of this country, man. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> I digress. We can't go on top about this forever. But, well, you know what? I think it's good that we make this uh, segue to talking a little bit more um, about COVID itself. So, we're, first of all, let's just preface this by saying Jerk Sauce and I are no experts. Nope. We are not to be replaced by, from, going, from you doing your own research, going to the necessary um, sites on reputable sources to get your information on COVID-19. Yep. Um, what the, the disease is, um, what the, excuse me, what this virus is and kind of how it impacts you. And also going to, of course, your local government, if you're in the Caribbean, make sure that you're, you're, you're reaching out on different hotlines or going to your government's website to get the most up-to-date information on COVID virus, COVID-19 virus and how it impacts your community and your country. So Jerk Sauce is going to walk us through a little bit about the coronavirus just to give us a platform for us to, yeah, for our discussion. So I found that the Caribbean Public Health Agency uh, has been a primary source of information. Um, Again, you know the premise of our show. If you've been listening to us and if you haven't, please go back to season one and then work your way up to season two (laughs) to this episode. Um, But, you know, our job is to... Uh, cover how we feel not only here in the States, but uh, in the Caribbean countries. So that's why 
we're shifting our focus to Caribbean public health, public health agency, and not necessarily uh, diverting and talking about the CDC, which is what we, which is a resource here in the states, or you know, the World Health Organization. So, uh, the Caribbean Public Health Agency is a single regional public health agency for the Caribbean. Uh, it was established in 2011, and what it is, it's a combination of five. Caribbean Health Institutes, um, and again, it's serving as a hub for all things public health related. So the institutes involved are the Environmental Health Institute, the Epidemiology Center, Food and Nutrition Institute, Health and Research Council, and the Regional Drug Testing Lab. So this is where our information is being sourced from as far as what is COVID-19. So again, starting with the definition of what is a coronavirus. Coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that are known to cause illnesses ranging from the common cold to more severe diseases such as uh, uh, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, and a severe acute respiratory syndrome known as SARS. So the no a novel coronavirus, which is COVID-19, what we're experiencing has not been previously identified in humans. So again, it's a part of a larger family of coronaviruses. So the one that we're dealing with is not necessarily new. It's a new strain of a previously existing uh, family of viruses. Uh, we already know <laughs> the outbreak happened in China. Uh, Wuhan, China, since December 21st of 2019, that's when the first incident was reported. Um, so let's just talk about some of the symptoms of someone who's actually infected with this particular strain of coronavirus or COVID-19. Again, there are a vari variation of symptoms that you may experience. However, I think the one to note that is uh, the distinguishing factor is a fever and shortness of breath because you may have a, a common cold that's going to cause you to cough, right? You're going to have a common cold that's going to cause you to feel fatigue and to feel tired. But the most important uh, signs and symptoms, I think, to highlight are the fever and the shortness of breath, okay? Because what this is, they're, what they're reporting this to be is a severe pneumonia, Dave, you want Mansa? You want to jump in and say anything at this point? Oh no! Um, huh? Doing all right? Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> okay, so I mean, and I think I think that's what I said before about my how I was dealing with the hypochondria mm -hmm. uh, that I'm dealing with is that people need to understand. Yeah, there are going to be symptoms that might be similar to a cough, or if you have, you know, you're going through the spring and you usually have allergic reactions to certain things, right? So just that distinction of the fever and the shortness of breath is important to note. Exactly. Uh, I know myself, I have gone out, I've experienced a few things. Um, so funny enough, when I came back from Trinidad, I had a cold. I already was not feeling well. And um, as the weeks passed by and as I was resting and medicating my cold, I started to feel better. However, post lockdown and, you know, from being out 
in the streets and out and about before everything uh, went on shutdown and quarantine, I did start to experience loss of taste. I have not experienced a loss of smell. I can, I still have those senses, but I have, I was experiencing loss of taste a little bit. And um, as the days progressed, um, it, it was released on the news that that is a, a, a mild symptom of COVID. But again, I'm not going to attribute um, or self-diagnose. I'm not going to attribute that because you can lose your sense of taste when you're not feeling well, when you have the flu or a cold. Um, that is possible. Right. But they are saying that that is uh, one of the symptoms as well. I'm happy to share with everyone that my sense of taste has returned so I can taste my food um, and that I am feeling well. I do not have any coughs. I'm not having any uh, respiratory um, struggles or shortness of breath. And one way that I self-check myself, because sometimes uh, when I'm feeling anxious, right? So if I make a grocery run and I come back in the house and, you know, I take off my clothes, put them in the laundry, you know, hand, I have hand sanitizer in the car, things like that. I have, you know, a mask to cover my face. Um, even when I come back in the house, if I'm feeling anxious about something that I saw or heard on the news or even a conversation, my chest starts to feel heavy. So one thing that I do is that I take a deep breath in, I hold my breath, for 10 seconds, and then I take a deep breath out, right? So I exercise my lungs. Also, listen, I grew up with a Jamaican mother, you know, me always have Vicks nails. So, you know, things like Vicks and tea tree oils, um, natural expectorants, if you have those things in your house, ginger. Now, this is in no way, shape, or form me saying that these things cure I'm not saying that, but I am recommending that if you have these things in your house, they are good for your health. I'm not saying they're a cure, but they're good for your health. I know that peppermint, eucalyptus, all of those essential oils, they open up your lungs, they open up your respiratory system. So if you're steaming and you're taking deep breaths in and you're able to break up mucus off of your chest, just based off of what I've read and how this thing works, right? It's kind of like if you have mucus on your chest, it locks, it locks that shit up. So if you're able to move things you know, through your system and, and clear up and have a decongestant, that is a part of the battle. I, I think, I honestly believe that remaining healthy is going to be a strong part of this fight. I'm not saying it's yeah. the all end all. That's the, that's the important part because as we said, people with underlying conditions, mm -hmm. those folks who have hypertension, diabetes, um, COPD, um, those are the folks, uh, you know, asthma, okay. uh, very vulnerable to, yes. to this right and so we've been finding that it, or if somebody had cancer and they go dealing with chemo i mean those are the underlying conditions so staying healthy is your best defense against covid19 because the way this thing spreads it is uh, almost impossible it's hard to just try to not catch it let's just say that right you can walk outside your door yep your hand just happened to graze somewhere and um, you catch it 
So My it's very, it. very difficult to, um, to, to try to avoid, of course, because especially when you're in a dense populated area like New York City. Yeah. Um, so the, the thing that I tell people um, you should be focusing on is make sure you eat properly, your health, your sleeping properly. Your immune system is going to be an important part in this fight. And yep. if you have a suppressed immune system, it's not going to help um, you. You're, you're probably going to be a lot more vulnerable. So folks have to realize now more than ever the importance of health in um, this now COVID environment that we're living in. Staying health is wealth. That immune Oh, for sure. That's remember, this thing hits everybody too. You know, when you say health is wealth, healthy and the wealthy too. Yeah. Wealthy yeah. people are getting this. Prince so, Charles, I think they said I'm have it. Um, Idris Elba, mm-hmm. yeah, people like that. Everybody, celebrities, Tom Hanks, everybody so, can catch it. I was just gonna say, health is wealth is just not a popular saying anymore. It's it's the real deal. Yeah, <laughs> it's real, and you know that e- that even is a good segue to talk about the other um, impacts of COVID, not just the obviously the, your health, but finances. Right. So we're also seeing not only a breakdown of the healthcare system, but a breakdown of economic systems. Uh, Mm -hmm. However, just before we transition out of talking about health, if you would like some more information, the information that I shared um, is found on carfa.org. That's C-A-R-P-H-A.org. Again, CARFA, which stands for Caribbean Public Health Agency.org. So C-A-R-P-H-A.org for more information on what you need to know about corona, COVID-19 and coronaviruses. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit in terms of the economic impact. Um, I'm happy and I'm proud to say that the Caribbean regions, while they are being uh, impacted as well um, by the actual virus in terms of, in the context of health, uh, only 32 countries reported cases. Um, Only the, the numbers are low. The number of cases are relatively low in comparison to Italy in comparison to China, in comparison to, um, you know, New York, dare I even say United States, New York specifically. And um, there is a grid available on CARFA's website that shows the breakdown of transmission. And 65% of the transmission cases uh, were from imports, so travel, people coming into the country. Uh, And what we've seen is a closing of the borders, which I think the economic fallout is even greater than the health impact in our Caribbean regions. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, And from the numbers, we have to give a big shout out Excuse me. COVID. Oh my gosh, COVID. No, COVID. Come. Anyway, um, I gotta give a big shout out to the Caribbean um, nations because they have done an excellent job in trying to protect their people. Yeah. Keeping the cases low, um, and doing their best to take all the assistance they can, especially using the guidelines from the World Health Organization. Also, a big shout out to the CARFA folks because they've been also on the front lines trying to manage this as well, 
not only for individual countries, but across the entire Caribbean region. So we have to give credit where it's due. Yeah. Because we like to hold our people accountable on all on all on all fronts. That's so why they do a good job. Work. You have to say it. Any other day, we're blaming the government. Get government. <laughs> yeah. They're not doing. They're not doing right. But this is. Not, I'm. I'm yeah. proud to say that you know they've been moving swiftly. Um, they've been moving uh, in a unified uh, front, putting the people, mm-hmm. the health of the people, and the health of the country first. Um, and that has just been evident. And they've been so organized. Um, them all a lock up people. Mister People Pine. I ball up, but them not going them yard and them not observe curfew. Them lock them up. As they should. Even the Dominican Republic, there was a video going around, went viral. Uh, police mm-hmm. in Dominican Republic and ride up on people, man, and start beating them back in them house. Mm-hmm. So them catch you outside. I thought that was India. That, that was DR. Huh? That was DR. That was I thought DR. that was India. No, India, them beating too. DR, them beating up too. Look, look, sometimes, and this is what we say, sometimes, you know, there's people that I'm not listening and not learn. So sometimes you have to, you know, government have to get hard-handed. Yeah. And I don't, like, I always said to people, yeah, you know, everything has its particular place and purpose. And as long as you're not trying to kill somebody, you know, when I'm believing in shooting and killing people for no, for something like that. But yes, yes, sometimes the beating needs to be applied. When you're going through a pandemic like this and people want to take be so selfish enough to hurt others by not complying, these are the type of measures that we have to put in place. So I'm not here to promote violence, but I'm saying that it has a particular place when you have people who hard-headed mm-hmm. and not learn. And you're outside and you're you know, outside not following any other uh, recommendations and putting everybody else at risk. Breads, man, I have to the- roll dice outside, you know. Yeah, mama play a domino on them things. And I'm a roll dice, man out the door, I roll dice. Come on, man. Come on. And so, like, as we talk about the economic impact, you know, one of the largest things that is, is impacted and a lot of our Caribbean nations, it's a large part of the money that they bring in. Their yeah. GDP is dependent on tourism. Mm-hmm. And the tourism industry has, um, you know, it's it runs the Caribbean, let's be honest. Um the there's been reports and there's interesting articles that are out there um, documenting how um, Royal Caribbean uh, cruises have been managing these and carnival cruises, how they've been actually managing this situation. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, they were asking for a lot of these countries to be opening up their ports so that they can actually dock. Mm-hmm. And um, big shout out to our Caribbean nations for holding firm and saying no. Because they were trying to, um, instead of putting people over their profit, they were saying, yes, we want to come in. And then uh, um, ushering out threats that they wouldn't do business with certain countries anymore if they did not comply. Not with 65% um, percent of transmission rates being from imported cases, people coming in from outside. Listen, I saw something on Instagram where um, the Prime Minister of Jamaica, he posted, listen, we know we have X amount via immigration information. We have X amount of people who are currently in the country who have not reported. Y'all need to check in on a check-in. Nah, I don't blame them. And I'm actually proud of them for standing firm. I know it sucks, but nah, uh uh-uh. You have to go back to whenceforth you came, okay? Right. Um, yeah. and, and yes, in the long run, 
um, I have it here. I saw um, as I was doing some research, Bahamas, Barbados, and Jamaica, 34 to 48% of their, um, their, their profit margins for the country is reliant on tourism. So yeah, they have a lot to lose and on the back end, but I'm proud of them for putting people's health over profit. Right. And this is why it's important to, uh, for us to, as Caribbean nations, there's a couple of things here that we have to take a look at. So our countries are especially uh, vulnerable to natural disasters. Mm-hmm. We are extremely vulnerable to biological disasters as well. And so what this time we did very good. And I'm not, I guess and in comparison to the foolishness we're going on in America right now, it, it, it definitely stands out. But do the time, the money, the resources that needed to ensure that we can protect ourselves as a people um, and as as Caribbean nations from these things, I, I don't know. I don't know about the infrastructure regarding that. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely something that needs to be explored more to find out really what our emergency plans are in the Caribbean. What are the, you know, who are the agencies that are involved in doing that kind of development, right? Right. Um, and... You know, actually, I reached out to somebody. Um, and where's this person from again? This guy named is Clive. Where's Clive from again? Where's Clive, Clive from? Come on, the Caribbean's Caribbean. Hold on, let me find Clive Murray's situation right now. But he was responsible. Uh, their department is responsible for the emergency management. The right for the Caribbean Disaster Emergency Management Agency, mm-hmm. and so I, I took a I took a quick gander at them, and they're also through CARICOM as well. So big shout out to CARICOM, Caribbean communities. And really, what I wanted to figure out was kind of what their role and function is in all this, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go to their website, it is uh, www cdema.org that's www.cdema.org and it's a really interesting website for you to go ahead and toggle and they are defined themselves as a regional intergovernmental agency for disaster management in the caribbean community and it was established in 1991 as uh, the Caribbean Disaster Emergency Response Agency with primary responsibility for the coordination of emergency response and relief efforts to participating states that require such assistance. And it it transitioned to uh, CDEMA in 2009 to fully embrace the principles and practice of comprehensive disaster management. So it seems that they have some agency that's in place, and I would love to for uh, you know to do more, and hopefully one we can get somebody on the line when these things get a little low to kind of deep, dive deeper into what these plans are, well, because we know that we're vulnerable. Absolutely, it definitely sounds like we're going to have to have a part two to this conversation, um, because as the weeks go on and as the ports remain closed, as the airports remain closed. Um, my concerns are, okay, how are imports and exports going to get into the country? How is food? Has that, you know, is anyone talking about that? Is anybody talking about food insecurity? Um, 
you know, how are products going to get into the country? Um, there, there are a myriad of things to now be concerned about as the months progress. Um, even after we all come out of lockdown and we can't go outside again, but you know, things like carnival where, and I know this is not usually things, yeah. our, our, you know, topic of discussion, but um, Carnival is not just about a festival and having fun and a bunch of people winding up on the road. Carnival is about economics. Carnival is an industry. So think about all of the jobs that would have been available just because Carnival is coming. You know, everything from security to transportation, private, um, you know, hotels, ho- hotels, everything, Fear services, taxis. travel, everything, everything, yes. everything, you, even, even down to, you know, the mom and pop small business where them have a right, little restaurants and them go yeah. to the road or my mm-hmm. man with the jerk chicken Sell soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you know how much um, soup sells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, every. Mm-hmm. Listen, I always bust down a rose corn and a corn soup. It, you know how I am, man, so about my right. corn soup. Yeah, listen, listen. I was, uh, yo, I once had a party where people was outside fighting, you know, and they called me. It's a real people I'm outside of fire. I said, listen, Bridget, I'm next to the line for corn soup. So let me get the corn soup. I'm outside, ready for war. All right? Let me get the corn soup first. That would have been <laughs> and then I can proceed. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's such an important thing. And, you know, this really shows and highlights that our Caribbean countries are vulnerable because they don't have a mixed market. Mm. Right? Right. What are the things that are bringing into the, the country? Why are we so dependent on imports to begin with? Yeah. Can there be some level of um, exploration of self-reliance in our Caribbean countries so that um, when something like this happens, a global pandemic like this occurs, and are we able to sustain ourselves? Because the system has as long, so long set, set that up, right? Where we have to be dependent on imports mm-hmm. versus things that we make at home. But hold on, not even not even just Caribbean countries uh, becoming more self-reliant, but we here, especially as Caribbean millennials, there are things that our grandparents grew up doing that we either never took the time to learn or they never taught or we just abandoned, right? Simple things like home remedies. I was having a talk the other day with a friend of mine. I said, boy, I'm, I'm glad some of granny make sure some of drink my tea every morning because... Every time I drink tea and it moves things in my body, every time I rub down with Vicks, I say thank you to my grandmother. She's since transitioned 10 years plus, but there were things that she taught me that I still use to this day. And I feel like, you know, part and parcel, those are some of the reasons why I'm not sick or I'm not, you know, out here dropping down. And I'm not saying that that's the full reason, but I think it's a part of it. Of course, our home remedies have um, our own Caribbean home remedies. How, from you drinking your, your your bush tea to, you know, you're making your your, your garlic honey and you know your, your, your I honey, see whatever concoction. Sea now I sell off or just fly off the store. Feral tonic, feral tonic, another blue another blue box. Um, your your sea grams. Um, but, but you should take the cod liver oil. 
but even um, simple things, even simple disciplinings, di- disciplinings, oh, forgive me, disciplines like farming, like agriculture. No, that's bring- true. I, we don't even know if it did that. I was, and so this is that kind of thing because I was saying something the other day, like, yo, you, you think this is how flimsy it is. We are so far removed from making our food. Yeah. We don't know what to do. If something like I was telling me for plant a, a, a piece of, um, um, any kind of bush. I don't even know how to plant that properly. You know, I feel like I'm going to be in a situation where I'll starve because I'm going to know of work, the land. And I'm a, grew up in a family of farmers. That's, that's a, it's a shame that I don't even know how to do that. But I, there has to be some, some level of um, understanding that we bring with us from the Caribbean here because it, this thing could go left anytime soon. So I think I might be trying to go upstate um, a few to see if I can learn some farming thing. People on the weekend, we can even learn to plant two piece of con or something. <laughs> I'm you, not even just planting, but also um, learning the, the liability of the soil. A lot of the mm-hmm. soil, which our current food system, you know, the agribusiness of it all, right? A lot of the soil doesn't have basic nutrients that we need that our bodies need or vitamins, magnesium. We need to have magnesium in our body. Um, and the soil no longer has magnesium. Uh, also, certain things like saving seeds. If you're not to say, hard, forget the watermelon with a seed in it nowadays. Hard, yes. hard. I mean, and these are, these are some of the things I think in terms of, like, first of all, personal self-reliance um, is important wherever you're at. So whether you're in the Caribbean or you're up here, that we may, because of COVID, we need to consider our own personal preparedness from yeah. an emergency standpoint. You know, yeah. do we have our emergency plan? Do we know how for the basic things like in terms of your water, your food and all this other stuff? And I think people were laughing about this before and you know, not even even thinking about it. But when now we people need to take this very seriously. I'm taking it more seriously. I know I need to say I'm saying, you know what, I need to go and take some courses. Every once or twice a year, if you know if we just go camping, I know if we'll just stay out of the open, I learn some new techniques because you never know that could probably save your life one day in case something like this come through again and wipe us out. We don't know what's going to, what the future hold, but to be prepared, yeah, I'd rather have it and no need it yeah. than not have it when I really do need it. Learn how to shoot a gun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Basic if you don't know if you shoot something, learn how to shoot that gun. I know people don't like guns and things like that. And they want to pray away certain things in their life. But sometimes you may need to hold on to a gun and know if you use it for hunter or something. Not to kill, but for you know, for your own sustenance. You don't have to learn to shoot for kill right. a person, but you know right. if you use a, a gun to hunt or something. And I know it sounds weird to people. Oh, why should we need to do the in society? And you know, society flimsy, brethren. <laughs> we won. Remember when the gas situation happened during um, Hurricane Sandy? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've seen people out there turning into animals over some gas. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. And I think a lot of, but a lot of the fear and the anxiety is hyped up by people panicking in droves. Now, if you were more prepared, if you knew what to do or how to handle, you wouldn't panic as much. You see what I'm saying? I remember a couple of years ago, I met um, this gentleman who we ended up becoming friends and um, it was because of him. And I had to call him and thank him. Uh, Like two weeks ago, I called him and thanked him. And I said, thank you because it was because of you. I started my own food pantry. Now, some people have a misconception. They think, Oh, you have to live in a big place to have those things. No, you, you work with what you have. Maybe you designate a closet where you store bottled water. 
Maybe you designate a shelf where you store certain things. And he imparted on me, he said, if you have one, you have none. If you have two, you have one. So what I started doing in my shopping with that mentality in mind, the times when I could, right? And I had a little extra room in my budget instead of when, um, and I'm not saying hoarding, right? Because there's a difference. I think, you know, those quote unquote doomsday preppers, I think they are ex- an extreme case. It's good to be prepared, but I'm, they, that's a different yeah, got one. a bonka upstate somewhere. Yeah. Look, right now, I I can't be mad at them. I can't even be mad. (laughs) I'm not mad at them, but I think they take things extreme. But again, going back to the conversation of being prepared, it's good to have more than one roll of toilet paper in your house. Like, don't wait until you're down to your last. Um, Instead of buying that. surprising why people were trying to use the, went for toilet paper first in them. Jerk sauce, because my island self was thinking to myself, "Well, that I don't have to worry about that. I have, I can survive without toilet paper for a while. <laughs> there are other things you can use. You're good. Allow me have some running water, soap. <laughs> Bring it back to the basics." But it it brings us back to our our point uh, and even something that we've discussed on other episodes. It's important to start to marry the old with the new. So in this instance, we have the Zoom and all of that technology and, um, you know, something old that we need to go back to, that old wisdom that our grandparents and our great-great-grandparents were trying to teach us, like knowing how to fend for yourself and always having an extra, right? Always, um, even boiling water, right? Boiling water. So so in case you run out of bottled water, you should know you can boil tap water. And to some extent, it will take out some of the things, right? So just touch a salt to the mind. Yeah. So even little tidbits and things like that, you know, again, marrying old traditions, or I don't want to say old tradition, but wise, right? Marrying mm-hmm. wisdom with new tech. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, just as I wanted to circle real quick back to just saying in terms of Caribbean nations, what they can do, because we talked a little bit about individual preparedness, but um, I'm glad they have certain organizations like the Caribbean Disaster Emergency Management Agency. I feel as if there needs to be more concerted effort to fundraise for these organizations to ensure that they have the necessary money and resources to do the job more effectively. Mm-hmm. That's one. Number two, the question about our Caribbean nations and their dependency on tourism and imports, that has to be addressed. And we have to ensure that we find some way for us to do more things internally so we're more self-reliant and two, are we attracting industries to our country um, that are going to, you know, not only to not do things like take from us, but also establish some strong footholds in our country? So I want to say, for instance, give an example. I believe that as Caribbean nations, we should be the ones pushing for renewable energy. 
we are the ones that are being hugely impacted by climate change. So you have the hurricanes, you have earthquakes, and our little Caribbean nations sometimes are not well equipped to manage that. And once that comes through, it just destroys our country through our countries through and through. And um, are we able to have some renewable energies now that can help um, to ensure that we don't have to be reliant on gas and all these other and oil and things like that. We can, you know, now put forth, you know, these different uh, energy sources to the world. And then by doing that, we can reduce the carbon footprint and help to, you know, try to remedy this climate change issue that's really impacting us as a whole. So we can be leaders in renewable energy, therefore reducing the carbon footprint and helping us not to have to deal with the changes in the climate due to, you know, all the things that we're doing to the environment, I think that would be a big plus. And it's also good for us to have that industry in our countries. We, you know, the the island breeze is a strong, gentle breeze. We can transform transform it into a power source. Yep. You know, why, why are we attracting those kinds of companies to come in? And so let me give this example too. So if you're in the Chinese people come in and say, all right, cool. They, they want to build roads in our communities and then we have to pay them through the tolls and everything. And they have this lease on the thing for 10 years and all that. But just notice that a road going mash up soon because roads need maintenance. Yep. Right. And they say that they're supposed to be teaching people and doing all these other stuff to do these kind of things. And we don't know what happened after that. We don't know what happened there. What I'm saying here is, a company should come in and if they're doing something, let it make sure that it's something like renewable and be something where you can lead in that industry. Yeah. Develop the technology there and make sure that you can teach people how to do that from start to finish. And they should be in charge. Those individuals are charged now with setting up the government agency in charge of doing that. That way that you're not coming just to take from us. You can tell the company, give them all kinds of incentives to come in, but they have to promise certain things to make sure that everyone is learning so you become industry leaders. Yep, and you can become reliant, self-reliant. Right. So we have the technology, we know how to use it, and we're producing it ourselves. Yep, and And that goes back to what you said earlier about diversifying the income of the country. Yes. Country can't stand alone upon tourism. Tourism. On tourism. But you have to do better. We have to do better. We ha- I, I, I urge government leaders and I urge our people to start thinking outside the box. That's why we you know, make sure in a, in a couple of years, uh, well, hopefully a year or two from now, we have the book, you know, I mean, Caribbean Mindsets. We're, sh- we're shifting the way we think about things, man. We cannot continue to think like, yes, we are waiting for, for the food to come from foreign. Nope. No. We nope. have to make your own food in the, in the Caribbean. We have... Mm-hmm what it takes to do this. We are smart people. The land is right for that. And also there's so much talent. There's so many talented and smart scientists and individuals who, you know, are from different Caribbean countries. But okay. unfortunately what happens is that everybody run come America because they're not being supported by their government and they don't have all of the necessary tools, um, which I think is a beautiful um, way to allude to the fact that we are going to do uh, an episode touching on education in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. 
because I, I think the education system is way better than what we have here in the States. Um, however, there's a lack of opportunity and there's a lack of support. How to leverage that. Um, and really, a lot of the things that we're talking about today are at a systems level. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, in these conversations, we want to ensure that people understand the importance of talking about systems because they are what they, they control our very lives. And we, if we're not thinking at this level of how we can impact everyday life through working at the macro level of things, things will not change. Of course, we want to change the the first thing that needs to change is the mindset of the people. And we, we understand that, but we like to dive into these, uh, these different macro conversations for your consideration because things can change. They have, you just have to change. <laughs> they have to, at this point. They have so, to. I, and I love my, you know, I, that's what I love my Caribbean people. And, but then we have to definitely man this mindset, this mindset of this dependency on foreign has to go. That is one of the things that we have to learn. I'll fire and I drop down right there. I'll fire and I drop down. Fire and I drop down. If you can't hear we can't help you know. Then we are barrel now. We need a barrel. You know what? That'd be so funny. If you can ask somebody for send me a barrel from G. You can't send me a thing. Bridget, we need to know guys. Things not run, money not run up there right now. I have to pay my rent. boy, we did want the, um, the PlayStation. I never had no TV. I'm about to go ask him, ask him to send me a TV, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need a TV. Things hard off right now, mommy. If I said something up for me. Um, yeah, I think it's important. You know, we, we, we change the way we think and we can um, definitely do some some damage in this world but these are our our, our what happened to your accents considerations for the people mm-hmm. considerations um for our caribbean millennials to think about you know we are in an opportunity here where we can actually create some change not only in our own lives but in the lives of our, you know, our caribbean people across the world Absolutely. and if we, i think what's what we can do here jerk sauce from our space is to really reach out to these government agencies and people in CARICOM. Mm. I think there needs to be a more concerted effort to have those conversations because I feel like they are not leveraging the power and resources of Caribbean people here in the U.S. Much like how you have a lot of people that are from Jewish, you know, from Israel, and, and, and they do a lot of work here in the U.S. on behalf of Israel. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they have that kind of understanding that it's important to have support here in the U.S. Um, what politically, you know, you know how many, um, how many um, rules have been written where um, you have to support certain Jewish um, agencies? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you have to work with. The, like there are so many things there's that they put in place, and I'm saying to myself, we have such a big, huge Caribbean population here, yet we're not leveraging our power to benefit the Caribbean nations as a whole. Well, so I must I, say, change always starts at home. So it's definitely going to start with us here at Fet World. So, Clive, answer my email, Clive. <laughs> I'll send this to you right in your email so you can answer the email, come on the show and talk to us. Clive, we need to hear your voice, Clive. We need to hear your voice. We yeah, need to work with like you. I know him. <laughs> 
Yo, Mansa has yo, you you have no filter. Call out the man, the government yeah, man. Clive, Clive, man. I spoke to him on the phone. He saw he's sound like a very intelligent gentleman. And uh, we just want to we want to work with people. Yeah, we, but you know what? Jerks us, people don't realize that creating unity amongst Caribbean people here in the US is probably one of the most essential things to the survival of the Caribbean nations. Listen, bringing it broader from the Caribbean, um, the people of Caribbean nations, humanity. We all, at this point, if you have two legs, two arms, if you're a human, if you categorize yourself as a human, we all need to work together. Yeah. All. It's like, it's for survival now. Like, Mm -hmm. it, it ain't... We, we cannot afford to continue to have these bullshit conversations that we've been having before in terms of race, like racism, like that shit just needs to just die. We like, we you know why it's not dying right now. We know, we know, you know, but I have to say when things, when, when, you know, they recently raided and I don't want people to feel like, so we're anti-Semitic on this thing, but I have to note, we have to talk facts here that there was uh, the, the Jewish uh, man that they raided, the FBI raided his home. Yes, and yeah. He had enough equipment for a whole hospital and was taking it and now, and then of course, price gouging and selling it. What are you doing, sir? Crazy. And he, you know, so there's been a lot of these activities, and we have to see that people are just caring about their own. And you expect this to be in America that you're going to try to find some level of humanity amongst yourself. But people, generally, I feel, take care of their own. And I'm yeah. sorry to say, I think I think when things get rough, people aren't clients to want to take their own first. Yeah, take care of their people first. So yeah. that's why. I, that's your. That's why you're a Caribbeanist. Exactly. So I, you know, I have now said to myself, okay, you know, even I, I love Pan Africanism, but I have to say that there is with, with a with a with a big touch, <laughs> with a dollop of Caribbeanists, because I have to say, like, we have to take care of our own, because there's nobody looking out for the Caribbean, and if you're not taking care, who else is going to do it? Mm-hmm. So we have to take up the gamut now and say, okay, how is this benefiting us? How are people being impacted? And I wonder if there's a, a, a opportunity for better partnerships with CARICOM, who seems to be leading the efforts here amongst Caribbean nations, if there is some ability for us to connect with them more, talk about what we can do um, as uh, you know, people here in the U.S. who love our nations and want to help and support, what can we do? How do we ensure that nothing is is everything's on the up and up? Because one thing I don't I won't I won't support is anything that I believe is corrupt. Right. Well, one thing we can do, and we can start at home, is by sharing their website, sharing their information on our social media platform. So please be sure to check us out at what happened to the number two, your accent on IG. So definitely um, we'll post all of the links that we, or the sources that we cited during our show today on our IG platform, as well as the FET World website, www.fetworld.com. That's www.fetworld.com. Yeah, most stuff. And yeah, check us out, man. And, and And for those, I think the moral of today's story 
today's episode <laughs> is there's a couple of themes that I, I think I heard. I'm going to just mention about two or three. One is, first of all, COVID-19 has, has changed our society forever. Yeah. I think there is a, we know that it's going to have a lasting impact um, on us personally and the ways we interact with each other and the way we do our work but also financially and economically, this is also impacting us. And I think it's going to change the way we do our work, the way we live our lives for the first, you know, for the foreseeable future. Absolutely. Um, We're seeing it now, even, um, you know, people are shifting the way they think about how they make their money. Um, That's going to be important to think about, not just for, uh, you know, right after post COVID, but for the future, I've been seeing a lot of conversation around um, robots, you know, literally taking over all of the jobs and it's happening now. You can see the rollout now. And this is not me being on some conspiracy theory type time. This, you can, you can see it. They have eliminated entire uh, rows, any grocery store. Okay. So not every grocery store, but most of the major chain grocery stores, even in Fairway, they've eliminated two rows of cashiers and they've replaced them with checkout kiosks. If you go to any Target, any Walmart, those kiosks used to be people. Those kiosks represent jobs, people. Um, Even with in New York State, they replaced all of the toll booths. They're now auto automated. You know, they have the little thing that clicks or whatever, so you have to get Easy Pass or toll by mail. Each of those things are representative of people who lost their jobs. So. We're now being pushed and forced to change the way not only we uh, earn our money, but how we um, educate our children. You know, uh, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't even do a check-in on the children. Like, how are the children doing? All of the children who have been looking forward to their prom and their graduation and, you know, who are being educated. I know... Uh, you know, we had a conversation with a parent who, you know, apprised me that there's now like five different ways to do math now. And I almost fell out because I was like, oh my gosh, what would I have done if I had children at home that I needed to educate? And I didn't even know there's like four different ways now you can add up two plus two. Because in my mind and the way I learned it growing up, two plus two, there was only one way. Now there's like 30 ways. So, you know, even the impact it's having on education. I think the beautiful thing is that maybe homeschooling will be taken very seriously, right? And we can hopefully see a rise of um, educators and a rise of funding in order to get support around um, homeschooling. I know that has been something that I've been in certain circles having conversations about and really, really thinking about like, yeah, maybe homeschooling should be a viable option. Yeah. And these are things that we're talking in terms of what this pandemic has done um, in terms of the way we live our lives here in the U S and I'm wondering, you know, for our Caribbean nations, how it's impacting them now. I think it's a time for reflection on how do they, what, how do they change the systems there? Because obviously now with something like this happening, we don't know if it can happen again in the fall. 
this could be something continuous each year. We don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of years, but we do know we need to be prepared. Yeah. And are is there a way for them to have another industry? We cannot be so reliant on these things that are on the outside mm-hmm. of our countries. We need to figure out now how can our countries be more self-reliant. Um, and so as you talked about homeschooling, like that's a self-reliance thing. Now you're just teaching your children and you're reliant on you mm-hmm. being able to teach your children and pass on the knowledge to the next generation. So a lot of these things are, are up for consideration. Yeah. I think too, our, um, it made us think about um, personal preparedness today. And I, we talked about personally, how are we going to prepare for this? Um, and then also the other type of preparedness, which is our, our are our countries prepared? Mm-hmm. And so that's an, it's an important thing to note. How are you preparing for the next type of pandemic or disaster? Right. We, we, we can't ignore that this is now an important thing for us to address in our own lives. Oh, of course. I, you know, it's funny because I was having a conversation earlier this morning and I thought about it. You know, even last year, there were certain things that were happening to me personally and shifting in my life that... I felt as if I was being personally prepared um, for this moment. So, you know, I recall that there was a time where I had to go out of the house every Friday night. I had to go out. And I noticed that simply shifted and I had a desire to be in more. I noticed, um, I shared with you, I met a friend who, you know, taught me, like I said, if you have one, you have none. So I started when I grocery shop, instead of pick, when um, tomato sauce is on sale, I pick up two, one for the pantry and one to use right away. Um, mm-hmm. So little shifts in behaviors, right? Even um, spiritually, even faith-based, right? Um, learning how to not just pray on Sunday, but Yes, every day, continual prayer throughout the day, right? And even incorporating meditation and being still, forcing myself to turn off the TV, forcing myself to not be overly consumed by news, right? I stopped watching news regularly since 2012. I used to, before that, I used to watch news first thing in the morning when I woke up at six o'clock. And the last thing before I go to my bed at night by 11 o'clock. And I cannot tell you what a difference it has made in my psyche. I'm a happier person because I'm not waking up heavy. I used to wake up heavy. And it was because what I was putting into my subconscious before I was going into my REM cycle. That shit is dangerous. Like talking about programming, that's real. And so even how you not only personally prepare in terms of having extra soap, having extra toilet paper, having extra food, but also how do you prepare your mind? How do you prepare to protect your spirit? How do you keep um, your wits about you? You know, how do you draw the boundaries in the sand? I know there are certain conversations that I won't have. There are certain people that I won't talk to right now. If I'm not strong, if I'm not strong emotionally, there are certain people I will not call and check up on. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Or I limit my engagement with them because I was like, oh, okay, I, I know this person. They are typically a, ner- a nervous and negative Nelly, and I cannot sustain that today. So I need to protect my peace. For sure. And that's, that's part of the personal preparedness. It's not just about getting the groceries or the, the products that you need and 
Uh, it's also that mental protection of you know, and that spiritual protection that you need as well. So, you know, and I guess for me, is there any other things that? Well, no. Let's switch over to you. What about you? What are, What are some themes you thought that came up from today's conversation? Beans for today. <laughs> Beans stands out to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being more self-aware. Um, of your triggers, right? Of your boundaries. Uh, again, some of the personal. Um, there have been things that have been highlighted for me personally during this time. And we touched on them earlier in terms of focus and discipline and how I conduct my day to day, my willingness to be flexible uh, in my routine and my day to day and to adapt. Um, also, like you, you mentioned as well, preparedness, um, how our country is prepared and how we, what our, our role is going to be moving forward, right? Maybe us beefing up our self-reliance as a whole, as a unit, as a family, as a team, right? So even you having the conversation with your parents or your, um, your children or whatever your family structure is looking like to say, hey, what do we need as a unit? How can we all be more self-reliant, not necessarily heavily reliant on the system? Our, our finances, how are, are they, how are they doing? Um, do we have a skill to make money in, in the event that we couldn't go to work? Having certain conversations. Um, do you have a will? Do you know how many people are perishing right now and their families can't even have a funeral for them? You know, I know we didn't really go in depth to, to that measure, but that's, you know, a part of this conversation. Yeah. 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 So just how we interact with each other. I know we talked about that, how Caribbean countries are, you know, updating and revamping their systems. I think overall, yes, this pandemic is devastating. But again, as I mentioned, when we first started our conversation, I like to focus on the positive. And so the positives are, you know, the flaws are highlighted and now we can prayerfully come together and be more solutions focused. And instead of being so profit driven, being driven by the benefit of the people and being realigned with a greater purpose. For sure, for sure. And, you know, I, I just want folks to just, just take the time and opportunity to, to do that level of inventory. So from your personal all the way up to thinking about what's your role and function in changing systems? Mm-hmm. Um, because, yes, the first thing that we do have uh, ultimate control over is our own personal lives. Whoever is in our circle, we can definitely have a lot of influence on that. But we also need to take a, a really good look at the systems that are in place that do have huge impacts on what happens to us on personal levels. So we we'll, need to take a look at that. Will well. we be voting more? Will we be reading the ballot more? Um, amidst all of this, the census 2020 is going on right now. It's going on right now. Yeah. That's a big, and let's, let's note that. I think that's important for people to, to fill out your census reports, please. And you, you can do it all. This craziness. You get the, you get your stuff and you toss it, probably toss it to the side. And I know, cause I've done, I've done it. I got to finish up mine. I haven't submitted mine yet, but so, I, it's something that I have to do. And it's super important for us to do. I, I don't understand why this was not suspended. 
I don't know if they could have pulled it if they already put, mailed this thing already, but this was not the time to do a census report at all. They probably I think they need started to, it. I think they have to pause it. I, I was thinking to myself, why are they still sending this thing out? I got this, it, you know, in my mail during the midst of this pandemic. You think people are going to their mail now and checking? I mean, you know, I go down and get the mail once a week. No. Yo, I'm saying I be I can't even lie to you. I ain't even gonna hold you. Like I, one of my personal struggles is not. I refuse to live a life in fear, and so, you know. But now when I go out for essentials, I think twice. <laughs> I think twice. Like, do I? Yeah. Do I'm not I trying to like. It's not, it's not even out of fear to say. Am I reducing my exposure? So if I once I step out the house, I have to have a list of things I need to do. Right. I can't be out here lollygagging and driving around and, you know, me, oh, I forgot this. No, 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 no. You come so, in with a plan. But back to your point, as, as far as systems are concerned, yeah, moving forward, we still, we're still in an election year. Right. How are we going to do elections if this thing hits or comes up again? And so these are some really important considerations and we can talk all day about it, but people have to start thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are in a national crisis and they still put under the sneakiness of the people and then pass the census through yep. in the midst of this. And the census is so important for everyone to fill out right yep. now. But we're not, cons- that, should, that should have been a pause on the census because of what's happening now. So I hope I hope when they uh, that that uh, there's some considerations um, that are are made, and that once this thing dies down, they can do another um, push to take to take uh, get information because people are not leaving them house. No, Census people okay. are usually supposed to go to the houses too, right? Isn't that something that was supposed to happen? Yeah, They're usually supposed to go to the houses. They can't mm-hmm. even have that happening right now. Mm-hmm. So um, there has to be a better way, and we have to figure it out. There's ways in which you can uh, do some online stuff, but I, I know there's a lot of fear and trepidation around how the voting system is going to work, if there's anything for that we can do to help address this. Um, people were talking about, in terms of voting, if this thing kind of still continues and we get to a place where we have to vote um, during COVID or during a pandemic, they're saying that we can do kind of like um, absentee ballots. And I don't trust that. <laughs> you should have set up for that. Like, like I, that's not, and I'm just like, oh, that's still tough, man. We don't know. Because now, I'm, uh, you know, I don't But back to, to the original government. point. Back to the original point, Mansa. All of the systems that we've been utilizing have to be reevaluated yep i saw a post um by friend to the show shout out to mr ash cash he posted earlier this week that normal things won't, won't be normal again normal was not working yeah normal wasn't working that great to begin with so now we're faced with a great opportunity to reset he he's labeling this time as a national reset um you know truth be told a lot of millionaires make their money in times like this a lot of but, but it's like where is your attention focused and then that goes back to something that i um you know place a lot of emphasis on where is your mindset at you know are you solely focused on p 
people dying or are you able to have a shift? Acknowledge what's happening and be sensitive to it, but then are you able to shift your perspective so that way you can get what's get out of this what's in it for you personally? Yeah. I think it's uh, sometimes it's very difficult in times of crisis like this for people to because especially when those who are uh, let's say going out on an everyday basis, right, right, still are workers who are there. I'm not suggesting it's easy. I'm definitely yeah, yeah, no, and, 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 and I'm not saying that either. I just think right. I wanted to just acknowledge the fact that you know that this is the time. Like when you're in crisis, you're focusing on getting through day by day. Mm-hmm. I think it. We have to just acknowledge that it might be a luxury for some of us to be in a position to yes. think about that. Yes. You know, and so there's a blessing that comes with the fact that we might be in a fortunate enough situation that be in a position so we can start thinking outside the box when it comes to this. But we have to give a shout out to all our essential workers yes. um, who are out there um, trying to keep the wheels of society turning mm-hmm. while um, we're going through this. So we want to say thank you for all your hard work. Can we, we have really a moment of gratitude? Can we have like 30 yes. seconds of silence, um, sending, focusing our energy and sending gratitude um, and just some really just love and, um, you know, just healing energy. Yeah. Can we, can we do 30 seconds silence? For sure. Let's do that. All right. Starting now, our intentions are set on sending some positive energy and um, love and gratitude to all of those frontline workers and uh, essential workers. Thank you. Yes, yes. So peace and love, blessing and protection to you and your families. Yes. You know, this is this this COVID-19 pandemic has brought up a lot in terms of this episode. So I want folks to flesh this out for yourself. There's something in here for you to hear, mm-hmm. um, something for you to learn from and something for you that you can go and explore more about. Um you know, as we start to consider our place in this and what we hope to accomplish in the future. Yeah. So I do like jerk sauce. I do like this, the thing of thinking about this in two ways. One is showing gratitude to those who are fighting on our behalf and doing our best to support them and to support ourselves um, and our families throughout this crisis. But also, too, what can you get from it? And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that because even in the midst of a crisis like this, there is a lesson that we can learn something that we can take to the next, you know, in the next um, iteration of our lives and and do something great with it. So I I challenge folks to find that in the midst of this craziness. Thank you all to taking the time out to listen. Uh, We do realize there are a lot of things you can be doing, a lot of things to turn into, tune into and listen to, but we love our listenership please share with a friend. And again, um, till next time, uh, literally stay safe, uh, find your happy place, tap into that and um, be blessed. Yes, yes. Peace, love and, love and blessings to you all. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye!
Edited by Sage Multimedia.